This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. So glad to see you here tonight. I mean that truly. All you seniors. They told me we were going to recognize the seniors tonight, and I, I thought they were talking about me and Arlen and Ernest and some of us are little. I didn't realize it was all you guys, and so I'm so glad to see you. Bless all of you. I'd, I'd offer you a Bible, but we can't do that right now, and so we're trying to wade through this the best we can just with you guys. We, we welcome your patience and your prayers. I'm going to receive our, our tithes and offerings tonight. I'm going to go with the book of Psalms 100. Psalms 100, again, as you're turning there, bless all you seniors, a great time in your life. We pray that God would order your steps. And I know it's a little confusing right now, but God's still on the throne, okay? God's not freaking out. God's, he's still good, so he'll lead you and guide you in that area, and we believe your life will get back to living, okay? Back to living. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now, that's how I'm supposed to enter his gate, with thanksgiving. It, it doesn't say with uh, unthankfulness, but with thanksgiving. And enter his courts with praise. The, the password to enter his court is praise. So the way I give thanks and the way I praise, it comes from my heart. It proceeds through my mouth and my hands, and I, I raise hands. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, the reason he tells us that the summons to praise is, is based on these three valid reasons that you'll see in verse 5. Number one, for the Lord is good. Always. He's always good. Number two, his mercy is everlasting. It's extravagantly generous and his truth endures to all nations or to all generations for he keeps his promises. And so you can hold on to those, but I want to ask you something here, a couple questions off of them. Every one of us in here, we have the opportunity to, to live with gratitude or ingratitude. I, I can live content or I can live discontented. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. How many of you made it through this coronavirus and it may have been a little bumpy, but you're still here? I'm telling you, I, I've seen the faithfulness of God. I've seen the blessings of God. And so, man, we really, really, really have opportunity to be thankful and, and to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Don't miss an opportunity to praise God, okay? Don't do that. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We, we thank you again for just how good you've been to us for this season of our life. We give you glory and honor. We thank you for being the great Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh that provides we thank you that you're still the God who meets all our needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we say thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, there's ways you can give. Also, there's buckets right here on your way out. You can uh, put your tithes and offerings in there again. We're not supposed to pass things around right now, so we'll obey the best we can, all right? Well, if you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, if you're watching by live stream of good tonight, bless you. We're glad you're with us. Get your Bibles open to Luke 12, and we'll just take off here. You know, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, it says that God watches over his word to perform it. The New International Version says, to see that my word is fulfilled. 
And, and so God's word is the foundation to everything. So if God's watching over his word to perform it, what, what would that look like? What would that mean? God is watching over his word to perform it. So to me, do you know what he's looking at? He's looking at the hearts of mankind to see whether we believe his word, whether we speak his word, whether we meditate on his word, whether we act on his word. And so everything he, he does for us, he wants us to become one with his word. You know, in John 1, it says that, that the word became flesh, talking about Jesus. So again, I, I got to hold on to the things of God and become one with his word. Luke chapter 12, verse 8. Also, I say to you, now if you'll notice, this is red letter words. This is the Lord Jesus. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. Now, that word confess there, it means to acknowledge. The Amplified says, whoever declares openly or speaking out freely. The word confessioner also means to testify to something that we know. And so when he says that, for Jesus to be Lord of my life, man, I am to testify. Jesus is Lord of my life. It becomes the witness. It becomes the word out of my mouth. Verse number nine. But who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And so if, if I acknowledge Jesus by my confession, how would I deny Jesus? The same way. We deny him or we refuse to acknowledge him. We refuse to, to confess him. And so when you look at this right here, there, there's something about when I begin to say who Jesus is in my life, there's something about when I begin to confess the word of God, when I speak it out of my mouth, there's always something that begins to happen. And so it's very important that we find out what we are through Christ Jesus and who we are in Christ Jesus. And then I begin to declare those things. I begin to speak those things. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Man, I got a bunch of scripture, okay? I'll go as quick as I can. I'm not going to hurry through this because I believe it's this important. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, God said that. That was a promise from God. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That was God's word to me and you. Now, look what we come back in verse 6. So that we may boldly say, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Passion Translation say, so we can say with great confidence, and so the word that, that becomes alive in me and the word that's practiced, it becomes a part of myself. And so there's a spiritual law that few recognize is that our confessions, they rule us. So it's interesting to me right here, the, the Lord tells us that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. We may boldly say. So a long time ago, I'm not going to tell you how many years ago, it was a long, long time ago. I, I didn't grow up within the church. I, I didn't know hardly anything that pertained to the Bible. And so I give my heart to Jesus. 
and my life is still a mess. And so a couple years later, I go to Bible school. Now, this is going to be Bible School 101 tonight. One of the things I begin to find in the epistles, and the epistles would be First uh, and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Thessalonians, the Timothys, uh, Titus, and right into Philemon. Those are written to the church. Those are written to me and you. And so in those epistles... Approximately 130 times, you will see these little phrases that say, in Christ, in him, or by whom. Now, this is your homework assignment. If you love to read the Bible, I encourage you that when you get in the epistles and you see those phrases, in him, uh, example of that would be Acts 17, 28. In him I live and move and have my being. But when I see those phrases, you mark them in your Bible. You highlight them in your Bible. You begin to memorize them. You begin to speak those things over your life because Jesus will change your identity through the word of God. And so oftentimes in our life, our, our identity is looked at us or said about us about the mess-ups in our life. You know, you, you may be known as Larry the liar, and if your name's Larry, I'm not coming after you, okay? You, you may be known as, as, as Selfish Sue, Judy with the attitude. Or, or how about this? This is a real good one. Rahab the harlot. So I look at that, if I don't get my mind renewed to who I am through Christ, my identity never changes. And so this is what I want you to do. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want you to begin to see these, these phrases because faith's confessions create realities. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, faith's confessions create realities. The only way you got born again was a confession of faith that Jesus is Lord. That created a reality in you. And so listen real close. How many of you, when you got born again, I told you to go to 2 Corinthians, didn't I? Go to 2 Corinthians 5. I'm still talking. How many of you, when you got born again, did Jesus appear to you physically? I didn't get born again, and Jesus showed up and said, hey, buddy, I'm Jesus. I, I would highly advise you to receive me as Lord of your life. No. What happened is I begin to hear the scriptures. I begin to hear the word of God. I can't do that. i got to back up. got to hear the word of God, and when you start hearing the word of God, I begin to believe those words, and then I acted on that, and to this day, I, I've never seen Jesus physically, but oh, I believe in him. He's alive and he's well within my heart. Why? Because of a confession of faith, Jesus come into my heart and be Lord. That's simple. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if, if anyone is in Christ, now there's your one right there. If you're a highlighter, mark that right there. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you're born again, you are a new creation. Well, 
I, I, I wish I was an old. The Word of God tells me that. And to become a new creation, that doesn't change anything physically, okay? The new creation, he recreates my heart. Now, I, I would like to become a new creation physically. I'd love to get born again and drop about 50 pounds every time I got born again. Wouldn't that be great? Start getting my age, man. You'd love to get hair again, too. But again, when I become a new creation reality, he's talking about on the inside. So listen. If you're born again, you are a new creation reality in Christ Jesus. You can begin to say that. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now look what he goes on to say. Old things have passed away. That, that old nature, those, those old identities, once a drunk, always a drunk. I'm speaking about my own life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so my identification now is in Christ Jesus. And so some believe that this was Paul's most characteristic expression of what it means to be a Christian. Our identification by faith in him. I'm a new creation. Now here's one of the greatest greatest testimonies of my life. I, I can go around people that I knew growing up and you know what they'll say to me? What happened to you? Tell me the story what happened to you. I got born again. Jesus came into my life and he changed me and so I highlight that because Jesus is still in the business of changing our identity. Same chapter. Verse 21. For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Talking about Jesus. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. One of the greatest confessions you can say about yourself on a daily basis. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. The word righteous means I've been accepted. I am in right standing with Jesus, or, but with God because of what Jesus did. So the word righteousness means to be totally accepted by God. But also understand, when we talk about righteous, righteous has the meaning also of justification. I'm justified by Christ Jesus. To help you with the word justify, I'm going to sim simplify it for you just a little bit. The word justify literally means just if I would have never sinned. So when I get born again, that's how God looks at me. This, this is one of the greatest ones that you can say on a daily basis, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I, I am the righteousness. And I will tell you this, the more you begin to say that in your life, the more things will begin to change on the inside. And before long, you'll start believing that. You'll say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You know what that tells me? God likes me. God really likes me. Can I tell you a secret? God really likes you. And some of you on that, you, you tremble. Huh? And God wouldn't like me. God likes you. He loves you because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. See, so many people in our society, they have this thought that God sits up in heaven and he's got a Texas-sized fly swatter. And anytime you do anything good, he's just waiting to swat you. That's not the God I serve. That's not God. 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Moving forward, go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3, and all I'm doing is I'm taking little bits of each one of these because I want you to see how you can go through your Bible and begin to mark them. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if you were to study the curse of the law, that is poverty, sickness, and death. It says Christ has redeemed us. He's repurchased us. Now, in my Bible, I have the word us highlighted. Who's us? Every one of us that are born again. If Jesus is Lord of your life, if you've acknowledged him before man, before people, and said, Jesus, come into my life and be Lord of my life, this is you. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why is this so important? That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Through Jesus, God blessed the Gentiles with the same blessings he promised to Abraham. Now let me help you a little bit with that. I've been blessed with the same blessings of Abraham. What are the blessings of Abraham? Genesis 12, the Lord said this about him. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. The word blessed means happy, fortunate, and to be envied. He said, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to multiply you with children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren. He said, I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to bless you so much that you're blessed to be a blessing. Now, if I read this correctly, he said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. I would venture to say every one of us in this room are a Gentile. How do I know that? Well, you're either a Jew or a Gentile. And some of you say, no, 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 I'm white. No, you're a Gentile, okay? This is spoken to every one of us right here. That when I become in Christ Jesus, God says, I want to bless you like I blessed Abraham. Some of you missed a chance to shout. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so what he's talking about here is the same way you receive Jesus, the same way you receive the blessings of Abraham is the same way you receive the Holy Spirit. By faith. So if you're born again, you're in line to the blessings of Abraham. If you're born again, you're in line for the Holy Spirit. That's Bible. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. So again, I'm going through all this, guys, early in my life. And I'm insecure. I'm inadequate. I'm insufficient. I'm, I'm what I call a triple threat. In my life, I stumble, I fumble, and I fall over and over and over again. And when I would go to church, I, I didn't feel like I should be there. I, I had this thought that church is for peop, uh, perfect people. That's a tale, okay? How many of you have ever thought that? 
I would go to church and I'd feel so, oh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. But the more I begin to get a hold of these in him, in Christ, by whom, stuff started taking place in me. I I, want to encourage you. I, I don't care what your past is, okay? Jesus loves you and we love you. And you may be here tonight and you say, well, you, you don't know all the messes I've made. Well, you don't know all the messes I've made. And so again, according to Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. But something happens when I get my identity in these. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing because I'm in Christ. Literally stated, divine privileges, the resources of heaven, I've been chosen, I've been adopted, and I've been forgiven. So did you see the phrase there? Every heavenly blessing to those who are in Christ Jesus. But, but Pat, no, 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 there's no buts. This is the word of God. Man, I begin to get a hold of it. I begin to speak those. Woo, I, I thank you, Father God, because I'm in covenant with you because of the Lord Jesus. I have every heavenly blessing there is. I welcome every resource from heaven in my life. Verse 4. Just as he chose us, how did he choose us? In him, in him, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And so now again, when I give my life to Jesus, I'm in him, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Jesus chose me. How many of you remember when you were in elementary school and you went to PE class and they were picking teams for the, the kickball team and you were the last one chosen? How'd it make you feel? Well, that's not how Jesus does. He said, I chose you. I, I want you on my, I, I want you to, to come with me. Yeah, clap for that. Verse 7. In him, there it is. Look at the little phrase. In him, we, who's the we? We who are born again. We have redemption. We have been repurchased through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And so the first thing I want you to see there, if you're in him, you're born again, you've been redeemed. Do you know Psalms 107 verse 2 says this? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I encourage you, begin to say that out of your mouth. I'm the redeemed of the Lord and I say so. I'm the redeemed of, he's redeemed me. How did he redeem me? By his blood. And not only did he redeem me, look what he said. By his blood, even or the forgiveness of sins. Doesn't matter what you've done. Man, when you come before him and repent, He'll forgive you. He goes on to say, according to the riches of his grace, the untold riches of his grace that is available for all his children. 
And so when I see the grace of God, you know what the grace of God, the acronym for the grace of God is God's riches at Christ's expense. I'm blessed because of Jesus. I'm graced because of every bit of this. So when I read this, I, I can celebrate. I can get so happy. I can say, "Woo! I thank you because I got born again. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I'm even graced. God has graced me with grace. Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Most of us in the room, we didn't even know we had an inheritance. We've been appointed an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so what you see here with the counsel of the will is God's eternal and unchangeable plan he has for you. Once you got born again, you started coming into God's plan for your, for your life. He's got a plan for you. Verse 13. In him, there it is, you also trust that after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, here's the phrase, in whom, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so in him, because of him, because of the Lord Jesus He's identified you as his own. And not only has he identified you as his own, he sealed you with the Holy Spirit. You're signed, sealed, and delivered with the Holy Spirit. This is all through the Word of God, guys. Now, I didn't get exactly where I wanted to. I, I got a bunch in Ephesians 2. I'm going to save that for a further time. I'm going to skip to the last ones I have. Go with me to the Colossians chapter 1. Some of you are saying, thank God he's skipping. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a proverb as you're turning to Colossians 1. Blessed are the short-winded, for they are invited back. <laughs> Where's that, Pastor? That's Proverbs 33, 33, okay? There is no Proverbs 33, okay? Okay, the reason I want to skip to this one is at the age of 12, I took the first drink of alcohol. And with that first drink of alcohol, I, I never knew where it would ultimately take me. And so because of that, I, I became a, a functional teenage alcoholic. And I had good parents. And it, it, it literally began to dominate me. It, it controlled me. And so I get born again. I give my heart to you. I become in Christ. But I'm still having issues with alcohol in my life. And so this passage here, Colossians 1, verse 12, 13, and 14. It set me free, truthfully. So let's read this here. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. The word qualified there, he's, make us, he's made us competent or sufficient. He's authorized me or enabled me. To be partakers, to share of the inheritance of the saints in the light. 
So in reading that, if you're born again, you have an inheritance in the things of heaven. He's qualified me. Who's qualified me? So where all this goes back to, everything I have is a result of Jesus. I'm born again because of Jesus. I'm washed from sin because of Jesus. I'm redeemed because of Just give me Jesus, just as we say. But because of what Jesus did, I have an inheritance. Verse 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Who's us? The ones who've qualified with an inheritance in the saints. He said, he has delivered us. Now, I'm not an English major, but I understand that has is past tense. He's already done it. It says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. So I began to look at this in my own life, and I thought, the power of darkness in my life that dominated me was a thing called alcohol. Now, you may have something totally different. You may be dominated by lying, by whatever it is. But he said, I have delivered you out of the power of darkness, and I have conveyed or, or transferred you into the kingdom of the son of his love. So I begin to look at that, and I said, if he has delivered me out of the power of darkness, then I'm delivered out of the power of so I begin to speak Colossians 1.13 over my life. And I would say this numerous times throughout the day. I'd say, thank you, Lord Jesus. You've delivered me from the power of alcohol. You've delivered me from the power of alcohol. I thank you. I'm delivered from the power of alcohol. That alcohol has no dominion on me. I don't have an appetite for that. Verse 14. In whom, boy, there's that phrase. <laughs> In whom... We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of my sins. So I continually confess that. Some people said you get set free overnight. Nope. That habit didn't start overnight. It was years in the making. But I started confessing it. And I kept confessing it. I confessed it so much that I had little three by five cards that I'd put on the dash of my car. I would put it on the mirror of my bathroom. I'd say, Lord, you've delivered me from the power of alcohol. I'd let Shelly pray that over, you've delivered him from the power of alcohol. And you know what I began to see? I began to see a change. I started going days without having a drink. And before long, it was weeks and before long, and when I would stumble and fall and I would get back into it, you know what I'd do? I'd repent. Proverbs 24, 7 says, a righteous man may fall, but he'll keep getting back up. The only time I fail is when I'd fail to get back up. And so I'd get back, I'd brush that off, and I'd say, Father God, I'm sorry. Grace me today. I'm part of this inheritance. You've delivered me from the power of darkness. And it kept going. And from the time I started confessing that until I was completely delivered for that was almost four years. And here I am, 35 years later, and I don't have an appetite for that. 
You know what people say to me? They'll say, if you took a drink, you would fall back into it. Well, number one, I don't have a desire to it, but number two, that never happened because Jesus has set me free. He set me free from that. And so I highlight this to you. So what I did, I, I gave you some illustrations in my own life. I had to walk this out. The quicker you figure this out, the better off you are, especially you graduates tonight. And I begin to get in the Word, and I'd start saying, my identity is in Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm not saying getting a college degree isn't a great thing. That's not your identity. My identity is Jesus. Everything within me is Jesus. So I'm going to give you a little thought here, and then I'm going to close. A couple of years ago, I got to a pattern in my life where I'd get negative about some things. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your tongue will locate you. It's kind of like going to a doctor. One of the first things the doctor says, let me see your tongue. Ah. Why? Because it reveals a lot. Well, it's the same way. Your tongue, what comes out of your mouth will reveal a lot of things. So I, I started getting really negative and I started getting frustrated about things in my life. And, and one day I was in here praying and, and this is how I have God thoughts. The thought came to me and the Lord said to me, from now on, every time you say something out of your mouth, I want you to tag it with this. And that's just the way I want it to be. We're always broke. And that's just the way I want it to be. You know, me and Shelly, all we do is we fight like cats and dogs. That's just the way I want it to be. My kids, they never pay any attention to me, and that's just the way I want it to be. You know, the coronavirus is here, and I know I'm going to be the first one to get it, and that's just the way I want it to be. Now, when you begin to tag those things with that phrase right there, you'll begin to realize that's not the way I want it to be. So guess what it did to me? It's like I almost had hiccups. I'd get ready to say something. I'd say, I can't say that. I don't want that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So guess what that little phrase did to me? It made me very precise of what I was saying out of my mouth. Whew. Pastor, you preached really good tonight. I just want you to see, I, I've, I've had to walk this out. This, this is the Bible, okay? Why don't you bow your head and let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. Lord, grace us that the eyes of our understanding are light. That we begin to see who we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father God, bless all the people here under my voice. Touch their hearts tonight, Lord. If there's sickness or disease in any bodies, we pray healing over them, victory over them. Lord, we pray blessings right now for all these graduates. And Father God, you order their steps. And Lord, we pray that, that Father God, they, they follow you all the days of their life. Watch over, protect them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, yeah, clap to the Lord. I, I'm really glad to see you. I'm just going to announce right now, we're, we're back to our regular services Sunday morning at 9-11. I don't think there's anybody happier about this than me. I, I'm so glad to see you guys. You're, you guys are lucky there's social distance because there's many of you I'd be giving a kiss to tonight, okay? I'm so glad to see you. Thank you for listening today. 
For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.